is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. How you doing, Brian? I am very good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. I feel like we need to have like a powwow and catch up on life. Always. I need more Conti in my life. Are you kidding I mean, me? I, I feel like... Sometimes it's like working stuff and, you know, and there's, we have so many things going on in our lives and so many exciting things that like, we're like, Oh wait, you're what? You're who? You what? Huh? What? It's yeah. We need to have a sit down. Sometimes you just need to take three breaths. breaths. And you know what? Nicole Rogers is not going to let you down today because this interview is fan freaking tastic. She is self-proclaimed confidence coach, but she works with people on empowerment and mindset. Transformation. Oh my gosh. And transform she has over the years from a successful Broadway career, dancing and acting and singing. I mean, in New York, you make it there, you make it anywhere mm-hmm. um, to, you know, undergoing some, some life changing events like being lifed. You got, like she, got, say that. she got lifed up mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's what, you know, the old John Wooden saying is it's what you, it's what you learn after you know it all that matters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, 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 Pick yourself up in the ashes that she spoke about. You rise from the ashes, mm-hmm. and uh, and you recreate, or you or you find yourself, or whatever the terminology you want to use. You just become more comfortable in your own skin, and that confidence just breeds. And then from there, boy, we got to share that, right? You can't you can't live with that and just keep it to yourself. In order to keep what you got, you got to give it away. I wrote this quote down. Yeah, I love it. And she says, it wasn't until I lost everything in my life that then I was able to go through radical transformation. <laughs> it's true, though. I don't think you... That is true. I don't think that you get the chance to go through radical transformation without loss and devastation and hurt and pain and all those but things. But she lets it in and, yeah. I mean... I, it's very important. And she's right on, you know, right in line with everything, you know, Brian and I believe in and, you know, accepting your adversity and taking it in and wearing it like a badge of honor. And, you know, she is about to launch in 2023 her first book. She is just has an amazing story and does a lot of coaching and courses that, you know, if you're someone who again, is sitting back and saying, you know, I wish I could, you know, I I wish I had the confidence to do this. You know, this is what Nicole does and Brian does and I do. And I'm going to challenge everyone out there. If you don't know what a life coach is or 
just a coach, someone that's in your corner. Could be mentor. It could be, you know, just find somebody, somebody and knock some ideas off of, you know, it may be someone like Nicole or myself or Brian, like find someone that you connect with. And all of us have people in our lives that help us. So I challenge you to ask for the help because there's so many people that are out there like us that are awake. I and and Nicole was kind enough to come in studio too, which is another uh, awesome you know wrinkle that that just led to the energy of this episode. It was really great, and uh, Nicole also has a nice gift for everybody here. Uh, she her. Her video, How to Reclaim Your Confidence, is available to all of our listeners. We're going to send you, uh, there'll be links in the show notes, and uh, we'll just make sure that everybody has that. You can go grab it on her site, and I have, uh, we'll have that in the show notes for you. So keep an eye out for that, and uh, let's get to this one, Conti. Right, I'm excited. I'm feeling good. I feel like I have had a little bit of a rebirth based on this little Ooh. conversation. And we had some practice. We had some practical in there today too. So get yourself oh, yeah. ready, everybody. Three breaths. All right, everybody. Nicole Rogers, Two Fit Crazies, and a Microphone Podcast. Here we go. Enjoy. Fantastic day for the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast with an in-studio guest. Oh, yeah. In the house. So exciting to, on this beautiful, oh, it's sultry outside. It's very hot, (laughs) but um, it is summer and it is exciting. And we have the amazing Nicole Rogers in studio with us. How are you, Nicole? I'm good. It's it is indeed a summer day. I put on my white pants. Mm. There you go. Love it. Love. <laughs> I mean, don't wear those before Memorial Day. Right. I mean, or after Labor Day. But you are all good right now. You know what? I think with a little confidence, you can wear those pants whenever you like. Ooh. Thank you. You're welcome. I really appreciate confidence that. is key. Is uh, it not? It is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take that with me and wear these pants in December. <laughs> yes. Own it. Own no. it. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, I love it. That was a really good lead in, uh, both of you, to what we're going to be talking about today, because Nicole just happens to know a little something about confidence and empowerment and transformations and maybe just living a little bit better of a life. And that we are going to peel the onion on you today, Nicole, and I cannot wait for our listeners to hear a little bit about your story and all of the amazing things that you are up to trying to change the world, you know, one, one day, one person at a time. So let's, let's talk about confidence. Why is that important to you? Okay. So confidence is really big because for a long time it was elusive to me. My first career was as a musical theater performer. I had a 20 year career living in New York city 
a lot going on just there alone, right? And there was, I was very good at riding a roller coaster, which I think your listeners could probably relate to because when you're in something that's performance-based, like athletes are, like coaches are, there can feel like a lot of pressure. And so for me, I was constantly auditioning. It was always, what's the next gig? What's the next gig? What's the next gig? Which means I was constantly putting myself up for evaluation, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so it's, it was, I really had a very active inner critic. I didn't have any tools around my mind. It's like I was taught how to sing, dance and act and do all these things, but no tools around how to deal with my mind racing. Mm -hmm. So these auditions, these evaluations, (laughs) these moments were very important. And I really struggled with sometimes, you know, it worked out. Like sometimes it's like, oh man, I danced my best. I sang really great. Yeah, I'm rocking it. I was confident. But then when it didn't go the way I wanted, I was left with what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I was left with I'm not good enough. Like all of this stuff that was really super self-destructive, except I didn't realize. So there was just this kind of pattern of things happening. And so um, it wasn't until I lost everything in my life that I went through this radical transformation that brought me to a place of understanding what confidence really was as opposed to what I thought confidence was. Like what I had been taught confidence was as a performer within the arts industry, all these things. It's like, no, that's not confidence. And so when I was able to go to this transformation, realize it, then I was so passionate to teach this to people because it had completely changed me and how I showed up in moments that mattered that I didn't have the crazy stuff going on in my head anymore. And so I got really excited about that because I thought, oh my gosh, what a difference this could make for people who are you know, they have audiences and they have to perform and what they're doing matters. You know, they want to make an impact with what they're doing. And so if they can have these same tools around confidence, then they'd be unstoppable. It it is one of those things where, you know, you have, we have these personal epiphanies and we have these moments where clarity and it's like, Oh my God, like, yes. Uh, you know, everything makes sense right now and everything's kind of aligning and I've had them and Christine's had them and sounds to me like you've had, had them as well. And, and then what do we do? Uh, we want to share that with everybody, right? Yeah. I got to give this away, right? Like we, you know, this, this, this is like definitely something that, that needs to happen. Um, so within performing is, is it, is it the nature of that environment that creates this you know, the roller coaster. I mean, I, I'm at the point now, I'm 47. Roller coasters make me sick, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't ride them anymore. Um, but I'm with, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I'm about to turn 47, so okay. I I'll watch. Understand. Wow, that looks, mm, no. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like a, a swing set makes me sick to my me stomach too. right now. All right, so uh, that's, yeah. Um, but so is it, um, you know, the, the, is it that industry or is that something that maybe even like as a young child, you kind of had that, you know, that, that need for, uh, you know, I guess some of it's of acceptance or, or, you know, just, just like performing to, you know, win the crowd and, and all those things. Is that something that you, that lack of confidence that you had early on? Yeah. So you just nailed it. It's when your self-worth is wrapped up in the opinion of others. Mm. 
So instead of going out to connect with your audience, connect with the people in front of you, you're seeking approval. The problem with that is then what you've done is you've put the person, these people up on a pedestal and you're down below. It's a power over dynamic. And so this is how I entered in because like I said, I, I have great gratitude for those that taught me how to be a performer, all these things, but they weren't teaching some really core things about self-worth, about how to actually create a relationship with your audience, not a power over dynamic. And look, for some people, it can be the other way around, right? They're like, I'm better than you. And it's like, right, oh my God. Right. And we, we've all seen someone on TV and a concert, you know, on a t- TV show, maybe a new show and just been like, yikes, you know, because they're in that power dynamic over us as the audience. It doesn't feel good. What feels good is when we're working together. Right. I call it the audience loop, which is this like energetic loop of like, I'm as the person that is doing the talking, I'm okay. Like literally I'm okay with who I am. Like at my core, I know I'm okay. And so because of that, I can show up in my passion. I can share all my stuff and the audience feels I'm okay. It relaxes them so they can take it in. And then they're so excited by me being okay. They want to hear more about that. So then I help them, they help me. And it just becomes this beautiful loop loop. So this was not taught (laughs) in any of my classes, (laughs) and yet it's what helped me transform my life. You know what I would, as as I sit back, obviously I wasn't on stage acting and singing and dancing, although... (laughs) Although, Although, you know, although it may happen one day. (laughs) As an athlete, though, I mean, I'm just taking this across all, you know, all people and everything that they've been through. And, you know, many of our listeners, they have gone through the same exact thing you've gone through. And maybe it's been in athletics where, you know, I remember, and it could be in school when they were younger, if they didn't get an assignment, they didn't do well. Was that a reflection of who you were? And you're not a bad person because you didn't do well in a test. You're not a bad person because you messed up in that game. No one means to, no one goes out and says, I'm going to be the worst performer on this stage today ever. (laughs) I'm going to completely miss and mess up this game. So we lose. I'm going to purposely get all these questions wrong. And it, it doesn't happen on purpose, but many times, like you said, it doesn't matter what, you know, what you're doing in life, we tend to blame ourselves. Like we take on this. And, <gasps> and not understand that, that failure is like an essential right. part and a, you know, a continuing part of life. Right. So if it's your, you know, if your self-worth is riding on the fact that you, you know, may or may not fail, well, you're going to fail. There's guarantees, especially, you know, sports. And I don't know much about the theater industry, but I imagine it's, it's, I mean, it's cutthroat. It's, very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very similar. I, I, am, I mean, both of you guys are nodding your head, and I imagine your listeners right now are going, oh, my God, I felt mm-hmm. the same way. I had a race. I showed up that day. I thought I was good to go. I had my hydration. I had all my stuff. I was wearing my, like, mm-hmm. yeah. red top. Here we go. <laughs> and, you know, I got a leg cramp. Mm-hmm. 
Anything. Ah, anything, yeah, right. right? I twisted my ankle. Like, who knows? And, In theater, and, they wanted the girl with the blue eyes and not the brown eyes. Right. It's, you know, and it's, is that your fault? Should you Should you feel bad because that's who you are as a person? You can't help that. Yet we internalize that and feel bad about ourselves, which is unbelievably ridiculous that we all do it. Yeah. And I think it, I love what you were saying, because I think it's very important that there is a rewind in this work, especially with my clients. We take a look at what were you taught? What were you taught? Like, did you get a gold star? (laughs) Were you taken out to dinner? Were you given money? Were you punished? What did you learn? You know, like we're basically taught who we're going to be by the time we're seven. There's very formative experiences when we're young. And so the good news is that we can unwind and we can heal all of that just because that is what we were taught by caregivers who were probably just passing on the karma of their caregivers and on and on and on and on. Right. Right. It's like it gets passed down. We always have the ability in the moment to say, I'm going to break the karmic wheel. This might be what happened within my family where we were punished or we were rewarded and it caused this dysfunction within me around how I relate to people and how I deal with high pressure situations and my definition of confidence. Mm -hmm. But that can be changed. See, this is like one of the core things that I learned when everything changed in my life, when I went through a devastating Um, life change was that change is constant and this was a huge relief to me because I'm like wait 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 if change is constant one that means that what's going on right now is going to change thank goodness (laughs) (laughs) and two that I can change so it was like a huge moment of hope so especially for someone who's listening right now who might you know this is never to beat yourself up if if you find yourself worrying a lot about what other people think. Like you and so many people, like you're not alone, but to take a moment and just like, if you can take a few deep breaths and take a step back and just ask the question, where was I taught that? And sometimes it's not our caregivers. I'll tell you, I've had clients that have had some really terrible teachers. Right. Coaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure your athletes right now oh, are going. No doubt about oh, it. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, that really, I mean, for me, I had a real mix as a dancer, dancer, athlete, same thing, mm-hmm. right? I had a real mix just because there was this transition happening where for a long time in the dance world, it was all humiliation, teaching by humiliation. <sighs> And when I was being taught, there was a mix. Like, thankfully, (laughs) teachers were waking up. Wow, maybe this is abuse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I had a mix. So I, you know, my father was a fighter pilot in the Air Force, and we moved around a lot. And so there were all these teachers I took from. And so some were in the much more like, oh, if I lift you, you'll actually. Right thrive the most and some were like no i'm just gonna tell you you're terrible Mm -hmm. all the time right until you get it until you get it yeah (laughs) that's what i had but i love you and i have confidence in you (laughs) just not right just not doing what i need you to do right now yeah you didn't get that part you know (laughs) oh my goodness so let's i mean it seems like, you know, we're sitting here and you're like, you've, it seems like you have this confidence and you had to have a level of confidence 
to go out and to perform and to put yourself out there. And what, what was it that, that changed that broke you? Was there a moment where you're like, like you said, you know, and again, you can go into it as much as you'd like to, but you know, was there a moment where you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. Or I have to change. Like you said, you had that you realized, oh my gosh, I found the, you know, it's like, I found the magic ticket, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, here's the magic ticket. (laughs) What led you to find that magic ticket? What was that journey like? Yeah. You know, I think about, cause it is something that I get asked all the time. They're like, well, you were on stage. Like, you know, you must've been so confident. And I, I actually think it was just that I was in love. I was very clear on what I loved. I loved to dance. Mm-hmm. Right. I loved to sing. I loved to play instruments. I loved the theater. I loved the arts. I loved it. And thankfully, I grew up in a home where that was encouraged. My mother, brilliant musician, and she said to my brother and I, you will take an instrument. Now, we got to choose. But my mom was a, a handbell director, and my brother and I were in her choirs. And so there was just this encouragement in the family unit in that way, you right. know? So it was nurtured. My, my love was nurtured and it was, it, you know, I, I think that most of us, well, actually I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that we're all born creative. Okay. It's then just a question of the karma and the ancestry and how you make a living and what's right and what's wrong and the playbook, that's, all the crap that's right? handed to you. That's play that's handed yeah. to you. Yeah. The playbook. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but when you first come out, there is this immense amount of creativity. And so then, you know, if that is nurtured, it can turn into something, you know, much more in that vein in those industries. So I think that that was nurtured for me and I had enough good teachers <laughs> alongside the abusive teachers that um, I really came clear that that's what I wanted to go to college for. So I got a BFA in musical theater and dance minor and was very encouraged and nurtured there so that when I moved to New York City, I worked. So there was this positive reinforcement, you know, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm right where I'm supposed you, to be. I'm where I'm supposed yeah. to be, you know. And it, this is happening, and I'm turning down jobs, and we're good. So then what happened <laughs> was, you know, the whole reason I moved to New York City was to be on Broadway, right? That's right. the reason right. you go. Right, right, way. Especially for <laughs> musical theater. And with the exception of two Broadway shows that closed before I would have joined them, what would happen, and this was over time, was the rejections started to wear me down. Because I didn't have tools around my mind. I didn't have tools around the critic. I didn't have tools around my worth. Tools around my confidence, right? It was all based in confidence comes if I get the approval. Mm -hmm. If I do it right. So what happened was I... I was I was really starting to struggle because I'd hit a ceiling. And when I was going in for these big Broadway callbacks and it's time for me to deliver and it's time for this to happen, I would choke. Yeah. And so this critic was getting louder and louder and I was I was like I don't know what to do. I I don't know where the tools are, you know. So what happened? <laughs> 
was um, uh, in 2000, Thanksgiving Day of 2012, uh, my first husband knelt in front of me and looked me in the eyes and said, I don't think I want to be married anymore. I don't think I love you anymore. And I don't think I want to have children. Now, we had been trying for a year and a half. I was 37, so things had already been mm-hmm. pushed. And it was basically like my whole world just went. Yeah. And therapy is a wonderful thing. <laughs> and <laughs> sure therapy is. helped me see that this was coming like a freight train. It actually had been coming for four years. I just was doing all I could to run away from the fact that my marriage was a mess. But here it was. And so what happened in that moment of you're about to lose everything was I asked for help for the first time in my life. I had actually wanted to talk to a therapist for four years, but I was so afraid. I was so afraid to do it, and I was afraid to look weak and afraid for people to know. Like, I didn't have it together. And guess what? Our marriage isn't actually that great. We were both in the theater, and we were, like, held up. It's like, look at you. You're right, right. You're making it work because infidelities really common in the theater because you're spending so much time apart and we were we were spending a lot of time apart because we were both working actors so I asked for help and it came and I I had this voice come up in my head (laughs) the day after my first husband dropped the bomb and said you need meditation and I remember thinking yeah that'd probably be a good idea (laughs) Take whatever you got, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, so I, I started seeking, um, and meditation actually took me to Buddhism, which I was like, wait, I thought I was looking for meditation, not Buddhism. And it started this whole process of trying different forms of Buddhism. So I started with chanting, Nishiran Daishan, and then Vipassana, Tibetan, and all of them were wonderful, but they weren't like gagunk, like this is it. Meanwhile, I'm going through the divorce, like my whole life is literally going up in flames. And so what happened was I went to this uh, support group called the Healing Circle. It was at the Shambhala Center. And I'd never been to a support group before, so I was really (laughs) self-conscious, like walking in like, do I even belong here? And I, you know, they're passing the mic around and it's just kind of like, God, you know, and when the mic came to me, I decided to do something I'd never done before, which was to be honest and vulnerable. So my name is Nicole. And then I just said, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm feeling. And I bawled my eyes out. And then a miracle happened because I noticed after me that people came close and it wasn't just that people came close, but it seemed to open up the space for each person after me to share as well. Right. And so after the meeting, because it was so transformative for me to be able to, in a safe space, just like say it, just Mm -hmm. say it. I went up to the teacher because I was like, I want to get on your mailing list. I want to come back. (laughs) Like I'll be here next month. You know, like this support group is for me. And he looked me in the eyes and he said, that was really courageous. And I was like, is this what courage is? 
And so I realized that all those years, going back to what we talked about with performance, I had been wrong because I thought that I had to show up having it all together, that if I were to show my soft underside, if I were to share how I struggle, that I would be rejected. And yet the exact opposite was proved to me. And so I didn't know it, but that healing circle actually planted the seed for what I teach now, which is called powerful presence. And it radically changed the way I looked at everything. And after going through this year that somehow I survived because the divorce was the beginning of a bonfire. It began with the divorce. Then I was robbed. Then I lost a dear friend to a heart attack and I was in two car accidents. Wow. So it really was a like sweeping of my life. Now you're in the ash build. And so I came into 2014 and I had this feeling of I survived and I think it's over. Like I felt intuitively, I'm like, it's done. <laughs> it's done. And so I started working with a life coach, which I'd never worked with a coach before. But what got me was I like shared with her what my vision was for my life, which was so scary to say. Here I was like single for the first time in my life because I got married at 22. Right. You know, like I met my first husband when I was 18. So you know what I mean? Like I didn't even know what yeah, that was, was like the... as a woman. Mm-hmm. And I shared it with her and she was like, oh yeah, that's possible. I was like, oh my God, I want to work with you. <laughs> like help me, help me create this new life. And so she did. And through working with her, she took me through this whole like exploratory process I, I had this total resurgence in my career. It was crazy. Like directors and choreographers that had never paid attention to me. And this was after 20 years in the business are suddenly like, Nicole? And it's like, seriously? Like, <laughs> I've been auditioning for you for years. But suddenly I'm being seen. And it wasn't just that I was being seen. It was how I felt. I wasn't showing up with an active inner critic. I was showing confident in my skin. If I messed up, I messed up. You know, like it didn't matter. And so it was like, oh my God, (laughs) what I learned in that circle is like the magic sauce, you know? And so my, my coach, I had, I had all, oh, and also I launched a blog. So it was really brilliant because she got me back to talking about the childhood. She got me back to my childhood love, which was writing. Like when I was eight years old, creative writing was my favorite, but I believe my dad when he said, you won't make any money from your writing. <laughs> it's so the playbook. I, the playbook. So I put it aside and put all of my attention on the acting, the singing, and the dancing. Except here I was at this transformation of making a new life and decided to launch a blog. Well, my coach was like, okay, now you got to monetize the blog. And of course, like, I'm performing. I think I'm doing a production of Little Mermaid. I'm like, what's that mean? But she stuck with it with me. And at the end of it, I went, oh, my God, I want to do what you're doing but I want to teach about this powerful presence. I want to teach what confidence really is. And so I left the industry totally at peace about it and um, opened my business in 2015. And so now I have helped hundreds of people across the globe to be able to create the impact they desire and change the world through a powerful presence. And it wouldn't have happened without me losing everything because I, I needed a wake-up call. Absolutely. We, we say it all the time. The constant theme, like on the show, is me thanking 
and you know and and having gratitude for all the bumps and bruises and mistakes and you know the dead friends that you know I got to survive and they didn't and I got to live it and you know because I learned from them and you know and all just everything and you know the the you know the 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 rebirth right that I get to have based on all those you know disastrous moments that that I'm grateful for having um you know even the ones that replay sometimes still you know uh in my head again and again and again um but you know that's there's very few successful creative creative and you know open people that have not experienced adversity there's zero by and I like to think and if, and if so I don't really want to know them cuz it's like what do you you know what are you going to tell me bro um yeah. but and 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 you know the thing that I'm that I I really hear from you is is that confidence but what it I'm hearing is like the authentic confidence you know, inauthentic con- conf- uh, confidence is easy to spot. It's yes. it's like yeah, it's it's ew, get it away. You can feel it. Yeah, and it's you know it's machoism, and it's you know it's it's, it's all those things. It's you know the, the you know the mask of masculinity we call it sometimes. You know, I see it with these dudes that are you know uh, all the time, and 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 women too. It's you know it's it's the phony Instagram accounts, and you can spot them a mile away. And, uh, you know, but there's nothing really more satisfying than authentic confidence. And, you know, I see it sometimes and I see both in my kids, you know, I see like when he's, they're putting on a show, right. Trying to fit in, trying to be cool, that phony stuff, you know, and I also see it when they're flowing and they're being themselves and, you know, that's beautiful and amazing. And they usually, you know, sports stuff, they perform better and, you know, it's always that's when they're seeing the ball, playing baseball, or scoring goals, or whatever it is that they're doing, and and even in myself, you know, it's when I'm quiet. Exactly. The interesting thing that you said, it's you know, and we talk about this all the time. I love people who live with me on the island of misfit toys. <laughs> I talk about this all the time. This is my go-to, right? You've got the fish who breathes air, the train with the square wheels. Yeah. You've got, you know, this That's poor right. elf wants to be a dentist. Yes. Like we're all confused. And what could they do? They could say, oh, we feel so bad for ourselves. No, they celebrate and they accept their difference. They celebrate their adversity and they come together. And that. I believe is like we are saying, that's the secret sauce. You said that, yes, there's a lot of people that don't get kicked down. And I mean, they do in different ways, but some more than others. We all know this. Yes. And it's those of us, not just that get kicked down, but the ones that accept what they've been through and don't feel bad about it. And then say, now what, what am I going to do? Because I've made it. I've gotten up. I'm the phoenix. Here I am. <laughs> Woo. All right. And, you know, and and for you to, to say, all right, well, here's my story. Here's what I thought. This is what worked for me. And I want to share this. Yeah. And I have the same thing. You know, here, here's what worked for me and what I found. I want to share that. Brian, same way. Here's what he was through. Here's what worked for him. And it's, you know, it's almost as if all of us are like, you know, we're the, we're the apostles, right? We are the next... You know, when you think about miracles and you think about, you know, saints and, you know, you could say all these things that have been throughout history, I tend to look now at people and say, wow, 
you are a, you're an angel in right. a certain way. You got something I want. Right. There is something about you that you woke up and I don't know, is it divine intervention? I don't know what it is, but you have it. You're awake. I'm awake. Brian's awake. And we walk around and we have this, like our heart hurts because we see so many people that they're not awake. And we hope that one day they will wake up and realize like, oh my gosh, like I should quit this job or I should, I could, you know, change my life and be happy and live longer. I want to feel like that all the time. Right. Um, And I think that's why, I mean, that's why all three of us at this table have decided, hey, you know what? It's scary and it's not always easy and it's, I always say get a hat and hold the heck onto it because <laughs> life is sometimes great and sometimes it's scary, but we're, we're still accepting that choice of, you know what, we're going to go out and we're going to lead and we're going to, you know, try and help as many people as we can get to wake up. Yeah. When, so what happened for me, there's so much good stuff you just said, <laughs> so much good stuff. And I'm hoping I'm going to remember <laughs> all the things as I was like, listening to you. I'm like, oh, you're just preaching. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, so for me, the practice that ended up feeling like home in my body was Zen. Um, I did an intro to Zen, um, weekend up at a monastery in upstate New York. And it was just, and I'm sure your listeners can relate to when you just like, this is it, you know, maybe it's like the workout routine or like the place that you go or like your coach or just, there's just something about it that you're like, this is my sport. This is like my thing. It just feels right in my body. And this was how, um, Zen was for me, uh, that particular form of meditation and turns out that they have uh, a sister temple in Brooklyn. So I lived in Queens and I get on the subway and go to, uh, the temple every Sunday for service to meditate. And, um, the abbot of the temple really took me under his wing. He was very kind and, we had many conversations that just blew my mind. But one of them was I was just kind of, he's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm kind of giving an update, you know, in this year of <laughs> insanity. And he said to me, it's like you're in the same room you were always in, but now the lights are on. Mm-hmm. And it struck me so much in that moment that I didn't know where the light switch was anymore. That up until that moment, I knew where the light switch was. I knew how to turn that switch off. I don't want to see. I don't want to see. I don't want to see until everything blew up. And then it's like, it's like it disappeared. It's like there's just walls. And I was so grateful for that. And so now it's not even a choice anymore. It's just a practice. Like, it's just my life. It's just practice. And so, the oh, I know what the other thing was I wanted to mention that what you said was, that the way for me to wake up and what I see happen with a lot of people with their confidence is that it happens by going through the adversity, not by dissociating or distracting or anything, right? And it takes an enormous amount of courage and support, support, support (laughs) (laughs) to walk through fires. But there is an immense amount of confidence that arises when you can walk through the fire of grief, loss, devastation, fear, 
whatever that event was, a terrible um, uh, injury, you know? Right. To be able to walk through that and actually feel what you're feeling, to feel the devastation, to feel the sadness, to feel the fear. What does this mean for me? That that is actually the gateway. That is the gateway to power for you recognizing that you can feel these strong emotions, you can feel these things, and be okay. Power. Powerful. <laughs> Amazing. It is. It's no, very powerful. And, and I understand it, you know, and, and it's... Preaching to the choir. Over yeah, here. no, it, it, it's like you got two firewalkers over here. <laughs> we're like, ow, ooh, ow, we're still still alive. I'm not badly burned, yeah. but I'm still alive. Yeah, that's right. So, so how do you then share it with other people? Turn it into a business? I mean, it's a very unzen like thing to sometimes. Uh, my my mom was a yogi uh, and had a yoga studio for a long, long time, and she always said uh, owning a yoga studio is a very unyogi thing to do, right? Like, like how do you now like that's, profitize that's some and dysfunction around spirituality yeah. that happens all yeah. the time? Like, you know, it's like on. we're gonna do that, but goddamn, if this yoga instructor doesn't show up one more time, I got a canner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, so. You know, how do you now turn it into a situation where, you know, you, you you make a career out of it and are able to survive and live in this without having it be a demand? Yeah. Oh, great. So I feel like it comes back to my answer around how the heck was I a performer? How the heck am I a coach? Right. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I think that this is... I've, I've, a lot of my clients come to me in a place of transition. They're not fully trusting themselves. In fact, in most cases, they're doubting themselves. Mm -hmm. But if they could really trust themselves, then they would go all in on what they love. And that's different for everybody. But it, but for them to then have tools around being in their body, feeling the strong feelings, trusting themselves, trusting the love that was within being, the thing that lights them up, that they want to do, I'm helping them to create practices in their life that actually nourish that love. So I was giving the example of growing up. I was nourished within my love. So it allowed me to then go forward. And so this is where support is so important. You know, I'm really like a guide. I'm, guide, I'm a guide for my clients to basically go through the magic alchemy of what is there that has always been there, what is most alive, and what is going to feed it, right? So laying boundaries on the things that are toxic and surrounding themselves with people, with practices that help them to really go, I, okay, whew. all right, I'm going to do this, <laughs> you know? exciting <laughs> that's my every day when i wake up and get out of bed i'm like i'm doing this this is what this is what's gonna happen today this is and it is so empowering but it's so scary so scary i'm known to cry often when i'm scared <laughs> before i do things that i'm like i'm not Brian's always asking me, he's like, oh, so you're ready for, you know, fill in the blank? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, I am not ready. And that's always my answer. And he's like, well, then you're ready. <laughs> it, no, I said You're that's... never ready for anything in life. It, you're never fully ready. You get it close. Well, I, I feel like it's about trusting what's happening inside you. 
because if you can, a lot of these tools that I'm creating are like embodiment tools to be in the body and really start to find, wait, is this the voice of my critic or is this like, this is like me, like this is my intuition, this is my gut, this is my heart, like starting to really fine tune so that the part that is scared can be spoken to and loved and brought in like, I know, because it's in most cases a very young part, you know, that was disappointed or discouraged or told they were wrong or not good enough. But if that part can be brought into the process with love and like brought back home, then there isn't as much like fight because then you're trusting what you know to be true within you and taking steps from there and, uh, and recognizing you can be scared too. Like a lot of sure. people get stuck in like, I can't be excited and scared. It's there for a reason. Yes, you can. Right. You can be two things at once. We're, we can be 5,000 things at once. We are complex beings. So if we can recognize I can hold fear and excitement at the same time. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But it is taking care of that part that feels scared and, and it is allowing it, it's turning towards it. So it's like that same thing I talked about with talking through the fire, uh, walking through the fire is the same thing with the strong emotions in the parts of us that get scared, that, that become angry, that are ashamed and self-conscious, that we learn to turn towards them and say, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. Because then... Then what's happening is you're learning how to come from a place of wholeness, right? Not just, I like this part, I like that part. Mm -hmm. No, like that is powerful presence is wholeness, recognizing that you are a storm and the calm ocean. You are all of that. That's all inside you. And so it, that helps then to recognize that sometimes I might be here and sometimes I might be there and that's all of me. No problem. Can we talk a little bit about your book? <laughs> Speaking of writing and nourishing and giving advice and whatnot, please tell our listeners the title and please give us a little a little sneak peek into, you know, obviously we want to give it a plug for our show, <laughs> but give our listeners a little sneak peek on what that's about. Okay. So I will say one thing is that the book is not coming out till 2023 mm. all right um i'll have pre-launch in february of 2023 uh with official launch in may uh but the book is called 13 one woman's sacred journey to discovering her greatest power and it is about 2013 which was the year where i went through this crazy bonfire. And I always knew I was going to write a book about this year because every time that I wrote about it, every podcast that I've been on, every time I've spoken about this year, I've watched it change people. And so I knew I had a story that was going to help. I mean, you asked that other question. I said, I love, but it's also because I've seen people transform in front of me. Mm -hmm. I've watched my clients own their worth. And I'm like, what? It's effective. It Like this works, but it's not only that. It's just to see them come into a place of 
oh my God, this is my power. And to release all the approval and all the toxic things like, I want to do that every day till the day I die. So, so 13, I, I knew I was going to call it 13 because it was 2013, but then it took many years for me to write the book because I was building a business and it was always like, there was always something else, right? That needed to happen. It's like, nah, the book's not happening this year. Not happening this year. Right. Then we had a global pandemic. (laughs) And so last year, um, I finally sat down and because it had had so much time to germinate within me, came out in five months, no writer's block, nothing just flowed. And it's funny because I, I've spoken to several authors since then. And I remember one being like, it's going to take a lot longer than you think. And I'm now in full appreciation of that. (laughs) It is quite an undertaking. Sure. But what really came clear when I started to write it was this whole concept around numbers and numbers in our lives. So what do we think of when we think of 13? Right. The, the, yeah, superstitions. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. Yeah. Right. Slasher films. Like, okay. Yeah. So we tend to think of 13 as being an unlucky number, but for me, it ended up being the most transformative year of my life. 13 actually used to be a very sacred number. In fact, in cultures across the world, it has been used within. Um, astrology within divinity and more as a way that this is for you. Like it's just kind of been taken over for like patriarchal Western culture. That's turned it into something else. Yeah, of course. But it's something to fear. Yeah. Something to fear, but it's roots were actually something deeply feminine and empowering. So I wanted to come back to that because that's what 13 was for me. And so throughout the book, I am telling the story of all the things that happened in that year but I'm bringing it back to this idea of like a sacred geometry in our lives that when we can read the signs and go a little bit more with the flow of what is actually happening, this, this, a 13 is basically a divine storm and we've all been through it. It's just a question of, did you know, because you might've been in a 13 and decided to keep the lights turned off Mm -hmm. when it was the opportunity for you to finally turn them on. And so I'm sharing this story in hopes that the people that read it will see themselves in it and go, I'm going through this too, or I've just gone through this, or here's a way that I can reframe. And so that they have tools to be able to recognize their power and tap into that. Will you give us an example of a tool without giving, without giving everything away? <laughs> just a little bit. I know. I know. Dangle the carrot. Um, this is such a simple simple thing. And I teach this all the time. I teach it in my powerful presence course. I teach it with all of my clients and I call it the three breaths. Would you like me to lead you in it? Please. Okay. All right. So everybody go ahead and, um, get yourself seated and you can, if you can be sitting in a chair or a couch, that would be great if you can have your feet on the floor. But if you know, you're all about the pillow, that's cool. Um, But make sure that you are comfortable. You can prop yourself up with pillows or blankets, whatever feels really juicy and loving for you. And if you're not feeling well, please lie down. Okay, so just go ahead and gently close your eyes. And just allow whatever you're lying or sitting on to take the full weight 
of your body. Just allow yourself to feel supported. And then just take a minute and wiggle your fingers and your toes. You can even shake out the fingertips like you're getting water off of your fingertips and your wrists. Really good if you do a lot of electronics. And then let them rest gently in your lap. And then roll through your feet. Like you're rolling from the heels to the balls to the balls to the heels. Got blood pumping up the legs. And then let your feet settle, feeling all four corners of your feet on the floor. And imagine there are roots growing out from the balls of your feet down into the earth. And now bring your attention to your ankles. Bring your attention to your knees. And then bring your attention to your hips. And really imagine your hips widening like a lake. Releasing the pelvic floor. And then stack your ribs on top of your hips, your shoulders on top of your ribs, and your head ever so gently on top of your spine. Now imagine a warm, vibrant light shining down on you. And this light might have a color. Allow that. Let this light enter in through the top of your head, filling your mind your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your teeth, and your tongue. Allow this light to very easily make its way down into the throat, opening up the vocal cords, coming down into the sternum and spilling out into the shoulders, the elbows, the wrists, and the fingertips. Allow the light to make its way down into the heart space, filling your lungs, your rib cage, making its way through all of your internal organs, coming down into your belly, your pelvic floor, your hip sockets, making its way easily and gently through your thighs, your knees, your shins, your calves, your ankle bones, and filling your feet from the heels to the balls to the toes. And take a moment and feel yourself fully filled with this vibrant light. Feel yourself whole and complete. And bring both of your hands to your belly, cupping it ever so gently as if you're holding something precious, which you are. And I invite you to breathe with me three times, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Breathe in. Breathe out. 
Reach at the top of your head. Breathe out. Breathe to the bottom of your feet. Breathe out. Place one hand on your heart and the other on your belly. Feel your heart beating beneath your palm and the connection between the two. And just take a minute to notice. Notice what is alive. If there's any images or words, sensations or colors, just take a moment to feel and notice. And gently release your hands. Wiggle your fingers and your toes. You can give the shoulders a juicy roll back and a juicy roll forward. And then stretch in whatever way feels good to you. Legs, arms, neck, whatever feels yummy and juicy to you and your body, what it needs most. And then shake out the hands. Give it a little shake through the body. And when you feel ready, gently and easily, open your eyes. Um, I get relaxed so easily. I'm like, Christine, please don't fall asleep. I was going to say, me too. Don't fall asleep, I'm like, all right, now what are we going to do? Because I'm... Now we're gonna just Brian's just Oh, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. I used to go to happy hour on a Friday. Yeah, now we now do we just this. we just bring Nicole into the yeah. studio. <laughs> so when you're relaxed, then you can tap into your power. Your power is in the relaxed state, not in the high intensity, Uh I'm stressed out, Mm -hmm. I don't know who I am. It's here. So this is why I teach embodiment to my clients because then when they start to trust relaxation, then they're going to be, oh, this is my next step. Mm -hmm. This is my next step. And they're not going to be listening to all the outside voices, whether it's the voices of their caretaker voices of culture, the voices that say, you got to do it this way. Mm -hmm. This is what success looks like. All the crap. And instead, what are they listening to? What's alive inside. And so that goes back to what you were talking about with the uniqueness. Mm -hmm. Then they can trust their own guidance. I love it. I feel, number one, I feel great. And number two, think of You know, for all of us that are listening right now, if you, hopefully you just joined along with us, that once you clear away, you know, all those voices, like Nicole just said, now sit back and think, all right, what's important? What do I need to do right now? Not the 85 things that are going on that what's stressing you out. And 
I love, I've used, I actually used this the other day. Brian says it all the time and he'll say, you know, do you have, I need you to find 10 minutes just to work out or for you. And you know, if they say, no, I don't have 10 minutes, yeah, take 20, say, find 20. <laughs> mm, yeah. I pulled that out yesterday on somebody. I was like, right. I need you to do something for you for 30 minutes every day. I said, you need to, I'm like, you don't have kids. You don't have, you know, it was like all these different things. I said, find 30 minutes. And, and I said, if you can't find 30 minutes, I'm going to tell you, you need to find an hour. Mm. So you make your choice because this is important. Yeah. And it might be that what is alive is that, wow, I really need to kind of like mourn this part of me that says I have to go, go, go and bring some compassion to that. Again, the turning towards that part, because then there can be so much movement. Mm -hmm. So Nicole, what's, what's your, what do you see for the future? What's your next step? I know you said the book (laughs) is coming in 2023, (laughs) which is really exciting, Yeah. but what is your, you know, what's your goal now with, you know, with your coaching and business, where do you see things? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to get this book out. I mean, this is, you know, 2013 was a few years ago and it's been quite a journey for me to come to this place. And, um, so I'm, and you know, it's so interesting because I, when I started my blog and started my company, I was like, Oh, I am a writer, like really just going, Oh no, this is like the eight year old is she's alive again. Um, and writing 13 has really made me recognize that I've got so many books in me. And so it's like after that, like I already know what the second book's going to be about. I actually think I've got ideas for like four books, to be honest. So <laughs> three breaths, three breaths. <laughs> the applications so, are endless. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really, I, you know, I see my, my, my books as being uh, gateways and entry into the powerful presence work for people to be learning how to access their innate confidence. Um, and especially for, you know, those who are really here to create an impact and they really care about their relationship with their audience. Like I, I want them to have these tools so that they can create an impact that's going to be helpful (laughs) helpful for us all, right? We've got enough impact going on right now that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. How about impact that's actually life-affirming? It's helping us move forward. And so I really see my work as helping those that they have the podcast, they have the business, they're in front of an audience, they're speaking, you know, they have the business where they've got to be in front of their audience all the time. And they're not trusting themselves or they're getting up and talking and people are asleep and they don't know why, you know, or or it's it's not authentic. It's what they think they have to be. Right. They're trying to be somebody else as opposed to trusting themselves. Exactly. So, you know, with, with my, uh, course, with my coaching and with my books and speaking, I really see all of these as like entryways for people to come into the work and to be able to, empower their lives. So where do we find out about your speaking and coaching? Give okay. us a, give us your social media handles and websites, all that good stuff. You got it. So, um, my name is spelled really funky. 
It's, I just got to say it because otherwise people will go in and put in Nicole like mm-hmm. N-I-C-O-L-E, which is super common, but mine is spelled N-I-K-O-L, super weird. <laughs> so my Instagram is Nicole underscore Rogers because there is another Nicole Rogers out there. So cool. I want to meet her. <laughs> but Instagram is at Nicole underscore Rogers. Um, my website is NicoleRogers.com. And if people want to look into the course, they can go, it's on my website, but they can also go to PowerfulPresenceCourse.com to check that out, especially for anyone that's listening that's like, I really, like, I've got a life I want to get to. I really want to impact my audience. I want to expand my audience. Like, this is for you. And it's super easy because they can go through it at their own pace or they can actually go through it with me like with coaching. So it's nice, you know, it's like whatever works for them. But, um, yeah, that's how they can find me. Now I know we spoke about, you may have a little something, something for our audience. Yes, 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 yes. I'm super excited about this because we kind of talked about this, but then we, this will be like a nice little surprise. So I have a, a video training called how to reclaim your confidence. And so for those of you that especially if you felt like I had it, where did it go? I feel like I'm like looking under the bed and opening up the closets and I had my spark and I had my mojo and what the heck is happening? You know, especially if like you've sustained an injury or something's really knocked you down. So this is a video training. It's a free video training that's going to take you through a very powerful process to be able to reclaim that part of you that was confident prior to whatever happened, whatever knocked you down, and it could be a lot of things that knocked you down at once, but this process will help you to alchemize that and come back into your power and get back up in the saddle again. So I'm very excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll have links and everything in the show notes, uh, and we'll get that out to everybody. So uh, it's on our site, and uh, we'll announce that, of course, during the pre-show, and we're ready to go. Last question. This is a good one. What was your favorite character that you played when you were mm. full speed performing? So good. Come on. There's got to be a, maybe a tie. Is there a tie for a couple? Okay. I'm going to say this because I think it really speaks to what we talked about. Okay. So the last fully professional show I did in 2014 was Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And I had done Little Mermaid when I was 19 and I played Ariel. But here I was, 38 years old, so I wasn't playing Ariel, um, and I played one of her sisters. Okay. But the best Ooh. part was I'd worked at this theater several times, and look, I'm the redhead that comes in. I've got, like, this big belt, and I was told all the time, like, you got to be funny. But I didn't believe I was funny. Like, that was the critic, even though it was natural. It was natural, but I wasn't trusting it. So now I've gone through this like massive transformation, right? And now I'm in a place of here we go. Like I'm just going to do it. And so it's happening. And so this theater cast me as the sister, the mermaid that was like the hot mess. Like only (laughs) daddy could love this one. (laughs) So like they gave me this crazy wig where I had seaweed sticking out at all these crazy angles. I mean, I was a hot mess and it was so much fun and so I it was and I really like it felt so synchronistic that this is when it was handed to me because I had been handed comedic roles before and I'll be honest it was torture was that funny did that get a laugh you know Mm -hmm. I was so dependent on like did it land 
But when I played this sister, I'm like, here we go. I came out with all, I was, I came out with food. I did all kinds of things. And the director was a Broadway director who come to this theater to do it. And this was the moment when I went, girlfriend, you've changed. She looked at me in rehearsal and she goes, Nicole, just do whatever you want. Yeah. And like coming from her, mm-hmm. I was like, Right. <laughs> and I was excited to play. So I had so much fun in Little Mermaid being the ugly sister and singing off key and doing all these <laughs> things that before I thought would mean, oh, you know, and instead it was just so freeing. I feel like there's no pressure. Like you don't have to like button into a dress. You don't have to have your hair just so, you know, it's like. Wow, you know, having the confidence to be able to pull Wild that off. Out. That's imp- to that's be important. messy. Yes. And you know what? People laughed. Mm-hmm. And of I course. got I got the reaction I had always wanted and it happened there. Without so. all that pressure. Without all Isn't that pressure. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We we put so much pressure on ourselves when Great question, Christine, and what? great answer, Nicole. Sorry. I love it. I needed to hear that. No, I, I, you know, it's I'm great. I'm always, it's, it's you know, I'm a Broadway lover from New York mm. myself. So, you know, and um, I love the, I had two grandparents that were uh, music teachers. So we oh. played all the instruments. Oh, wow. All the instruments, you know, let's just say. Had to go to you know chorus camp a couple times. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of secrets I I keep. And I had the karmatic experience of my uh, my caretaker who told me I wanted to play the trumpet. I was like, I'm playing the trumpet. I want to play the okay. trumpet or the saxophone. The saxophone at that time would have been bigger than me because I was you know <laughs> third grade. I was but alto. I said, you know what? I want the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And the music teacher and my mom got together and they had a conversation and they said, no, 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 clarinet. (gasps) No. Very different. And I was like, oh, no. All right. I guess so. And then like the rental, the clarinet rental came. I no. played it for I played it for two weeks and put it down. What a, exactly? Yeah. Of course you did. It's was a like, totally different. It was like family. one other. It's not what you wanted. No, it wasn't what I wanted. Your soul was calling for the horn. The trumpet. I wanted to play the trumpet. Yes. You know. Oh I no. saw like yeah, yeah no. Mm-mm. So there I you go. I started with the violin. Dream squashed early. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was the piano, and then I went to the piano. Right, I was the piano first. Handbells and then voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just check, 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 check the. Check the boxes. I just went the athletic way instead of the, the music way. You know, performance in a different way. It's just a, you know, expression. expression. Life is life is a performance. That's for sure. And we're just we're just all playing a different role on the island of misfits. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because here's the last thing I'll say: is that to me is what the transformation of being in powerful presence is, because all that time I was performing right performing like to be something but after I went through my change I was no longer performing so it's being in front of your audience without performing and just being you and so then it's just like (sighs) Brian okay we own our hot mess that's right you know we own our you know this is this is what you get here it is our hearts on our sleeves like you know, you mess with us, like shame on you, because this is this is all authentic, all of it. <laughs> Look, I was in mortgage banking. <laughs> all right, I was, you know, like Bruce Springsteen says, living I was in, in my, equity research and I investment banking. Living it, taught for living years. in my like, own skin just, and couldn't stand the company. Yeah, I was a New York City Rockette, so yeah, here we see? go. 
See? You know what? I was saying to Brian, I have met more ex-Rockets since I moved to New Jersey <laughs> than when I ever lived in New York. Or everywhere. It's crazy. I'm like, wow. Yeah, you guys are all over the place. I don't, and it's just like a random thing. I, I do think, you know? I, I said to Christine, I'm like, who was the other guest? You know, this is episode 270. Like, I think I pulled that number up. I've met so many And I think we've had another Rockette for sure. Yes, on the show, but I don't. But there was other, yeah. I've met so many that I'm like, wow, you guys are like, oh, maybe Diamond, I should have tried out. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a talent. Nope. That is a talented bunch. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Nicole, it has been such a pleasure. And I will speak for both of us that we are both very relaxed as well (laughs) right now. And we're so excited for our listeners to get to hear you and get to know you and hopefully visit your site, maybe do some coaching and some uh some mindset resets and get some confidence. But we really appreciate you coming down and um Welcome to the honorary Two Fit Crazy in the Microphone podcast archives, Nicole. Thank you. It has been such a joy to be here, especially in person. I mean, yeah. the energy in this room, and I'm sure the listeners can feel it. It's incredible. So thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing yourselves forward fully. Of course. Thank and you. you. Know what? With that said, it is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazy. In the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.